to welcome to a moment a host with Julius Ricardo, Julius Ricardo Stanton. Face is Professor Griffin. You're listening to Junius Ricardo Stanton. Straight up, we're teaching you all those things you need to know from the neck up. All right, we're definitely doing a checkup from the neck up. This is Professor Griffin, public enemy, the ex-minister. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Welcome to Akuben. Akuben is an Andinkra word and symbol of the Akan people from Ghana, West Africa. It is a specially carved animal's horn that makes a distinct and unique sound. The traditional villagers use it as a call for alertness, assembly, preparation, and in extreme cases, mobilization. We sound the Akuban to alert you to interesting personalities, intriguing ideas, and alternative perspectives that you won't find in the monopoly, corporatist, and digital media. Today we're sounding the Akuban to alert you to a young man who's an author, he's an entrepreneur, Aaron Spradley, and we will speak to him about his book entitled POV translating the differences between men and women's perspectives it's a book on relationships how to cultivate communication dialogue understanding and empathy between the sexes so we'll speak with him following these messages so don't go anywhere this is Akoben my name is Junius Ricardo Stanton Greetings to the Internet Radio family. This is Reverend Valentine speaking. You know, for nearly 30 years, I have had the distinct experience of being interviewed over every medium of communication available to the public. And except for the metaphysical underground, I can think of no other electronic venue that has been more progressive, more innovative, more insightful, more diligent, more diverse in its demographics, and more courageously supportive of the truth than this ever-growing phenomenon called Internet Radio. And this is precisely why I'm here to tell you that it is so vital that you give your wholehearted support to it. Tell a friend. In fact, tell two, three, and four of your friends. If you are a business owner, support Internet Radio by telling your customers and constituents all about it. Let them know that there is a legitimate and important substitute to all of the prefabricated, super-censored garbage polluting our public airways today. Don't allow the mass media to continue to treat you like a mindless consumer drone. Enhance your awareness. Indulge your critical thinking, your reasoning, and your analysis. Do as I do. Log on, listen in, and then let it be known all about your internet radio experience. Shimatep, beloved family, thank you for listening. Walk in light. This is a meditative, relaxing moment with Junius Ricardo Stanton, encouraging you to relax, let your shoulders drop naturally, normally, breathe in through your nose, take a deep breath, let your abdomen expand, relax, Hold it for a count of five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, let your abdomen sink in. Relax, take a deep breath. Inhale, let your abdomen expand. Hold it. Five, four, three, two, one. Exhale softly. Relax. Monitor your thoughts. Don't resist what you see, the images. Relax. Focus 
on your breathing. Inhale deep. Let your abdomen expand. Hold it. Five, four, three, two, one. Exhale. Relax. Continue to monitor your breathing. Focus only on your breathing. Relax. Let the tension flow outward from you. Inhale. Fully, fully expand your abdomen. Fill your lungs with life-giving oxygen and air. Hold it. Five, four, three, two, one. Exhale. Relax, relax, relax. Perk up and be prepared to resume your day in an extremely relaxed state of mind, being, and health. Till next time, stay strong and stay healthy. A call to awareness, call to alertness, call to action, and the call to war with Junius Ricardo Stanton. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Our guest on this edition of Akoban is. Aaron R. Spradley. He's an entrepreneur. He's a husband, a father. He's also written a book called POV, translating the differences between men and women's perspectives. And it's a pleasure to have him on the program today. Welcome, brother. How are you? Awesome. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm fine. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, In our conversations, full disclosure, you're an entrepreneur. And I've used mm-hmm. some of your landscaping services. Um, mm-hmm. You told me that you were a son of a, a minister. So tell us about yeah. your background growing up. How did that impact your worldview and your lifestyle, you know, growing up and into early adulthood? Okay. Um, well, again, my name is Aaron Spradley. I'm 41 years old. Um, I raised and grew up. Uh, predominantly in New Jersey. I had, um, there were some other places I lived when I went to college. I lived in Virginia for some time. After college, I moved to Florida for a couple of years. Um, and then I came back home when my father, who the preacher, uh, probably about six or seven years prior to that, uh, prior to me moving down south, um, maybe a little bit more, maybe like, years possibly um i was raised in the church uh and when i lived in florida i got my dad got sick and once he got sick i came back um and uh was closer to my family i'm the youngest of seven um i have four sisters and two brothers uh and myself being the youngest again um like you said, I uh, predominantly, I say for the, the all the way up until maybe I was 22 is uh, when I kind of uh, went out and ventured life on my own. So I was kind of away, away from uh, my family's church. Uh, my father, he, again, he was a pastor. He owned his church, uh, it even was named after us. It was called Spratley's Temple. We were a part of an organization called Church of God in Christ, Kojic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, you know, like I said, I, after I went to school and, you know, ventured out on, on my own a little bit, uh, you know, just uh, experienced life just a little bit on my own and had a little bit more questions and, um, uh, you know, I guess 
that's it. Yeah, as so far as growing what was, up, what was your coming of age like? Where was it primarily shaped by when you were at home, or would you say there was a major shift in influences once you went away to college? Well, no, not really, because um, the college that I attended uh, was it was a Christian school. It wasn't uh, Christian school, meaning that uh, we it was required for us to take some type of religion course um, uh, for a number of semesters. Um, it, it was required, um, and they kind of had like a you know Christian kind of tone to them, but it, it wasn't necessarily a Christian school per se. But I was always you know the the church culture that I came from. I believe it's a part of my culture. It will always be a part of my mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. um, belief belief more so became something of a more personal understanding and a more personal development that kind of led me away from the traditional uh, upbringing that I had when it came to uh, religion. Okay. Now, you recently wrote and self-published a book, POV, translating the differences between men and women's perspectives. Now, POV yes. is a filmmaker's term or a media person's term. It stands for point of view. So yes. what... what prompted you to write this book about relationships and about perspectives uh, at this, this point in time when in this country uh, relationships are really facing many new challenges and uh, have are going through to a lot, as we used to say, going through a lot of changes? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I always wanted to write a book. Uh, this was my uh, second attempt, successful attempt, because I actually finished it, but I actually wrote um, a novel, uh, a nonfiction novel uh, during college. It was called The Scent of Tomorrow's Rain. Um, it was more so about a relationship as well, um, and just someone experiencing a relationship, being young, um, and then when I got older, I said to myself, I, I, I definitely want to write a book. But I more so wanted to write a book about myself. And what prompted me to write a book about myself is because once I am long gone from here, and I am no longer here on this earth, and I am on the other side of the dirt, as some people would say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, um, I wanted to leave something here so that my family after me can actually... Uh, see something printed in writing, even if this world almost becomes destroyed, they will still have, you know, certain things in print and write if, if, it, if it doesn't get destroyed. And I, I wanted to be a part of that. And me writing a book um, allowed me to believe as though I can be a part of that. So that, that, was, that was really what prompted me into necessarily writing a book. Um, but the topic was solely because I wanted to write about myself and how I function as a young man in my in my era in my culture, um, and then also you have to remember I, I came from a very you know traditional religious uh, dogmatic um, uh, culture and religion. So yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. yes, yeah. so uh, you know this was more of me kind of you know challenging my my upbringing, so, so to say, just to understand myself more, basically. Well, your book is anecdotal. It is somewhat autobiographical. You're mm -hmm. addressing the issues of perspectives, male, female perspectives, relationships. Mm -hmm. And so let's get into that. And okay. from your, from your point of view, uh, what is, what do you mean by perspective? Explain what you mean by perspective and how it applies to relationships, communication, uh, people getting along and actually functioning uh, productively in, in a culture, society, and even a, a marriage or a household. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very difficult to understand uh, people 
a lot of times, even people that are very close to you, um, because people only show what most people uh, are not afraid to show about themselves. And a lot of times the things that aren't seen um, can sometimes be the thing that disconnects a lot of individuals from building relationships. And I, growing up, um, it was more so easy for me to make friends and, and, uh, and uh, you know, communicate with people and have an understanding of people because I was very, it was, it was easier for me than a lot of people, friends that I had. It was easier for me to take myself out of myself and put myself in someone else's shoes to understand them the best that I could or, you know, can at the time. Um, and I basically wanted to write, a, write about that feeling, that feeling of coming out of yourself just so you can see another person's point of view or perspective or understanding or, or the way they may live or things like right, that. Right, right, right. Uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned this early in the book. You talk about empathy. You don't go into mm-hmm. it uh, very deeply, but you, mm-hmm. when you read the book, you get the idea of what you're talking about and how that impacts relationships. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you also talk about how it's difficult to have communication and a relationship when people don't understand, as you said, are not empathetic with, with another person. So one of the one of the terms you use is uh, perspective blindness. So what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, perspective blindness is having uh, blind spots in someone's personality. So, um, for instance, I, I give an example in the book on how I have a very, very big thing, like a pet peeve about a dirty kitchen. Mm-hmm. I like having mm-hmm. a clean kitchen. I was raised around a clean kids' kitchen all the time. Um, so in my head, clean kitchen makes sense. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, clean kitchen is a totally different understanding than my clean kitchen. So that's one perspective that I had to understand. So the the lack of, I mean, I'm sorry, but the loss of communication right there stopped because I didn't understand the difference between me growing up with the clean kitchen and someone else growing up with the clean kitchen. Um, because her clean was totally different from my clean. But um, another example of perspective is uh, that bothers me when she leaves uh, dishes out or not having it clean the way I want it to be clean, per se. Um, but what she has a pet peeve, uh, and her pet peeve is when I, when, I'm, when I work out, after I finish working out, I usually leave my sweaty clothes on the bathroom floor. And um, she can't stand it. That's a pet peeve of hers. And when I understood that the feeling that I get when the kitchen is not clean the way I like it is the same feeling she gets when the bathroom isn't clean the way she likes it, um, we share that in common. But I I wouldn't see it if my perspective of her and I I I wasn't empathetic enough to take a step back to see where my feeling matches her feeling so I can alleviate it the, the way I would want her to alleviate the thing that bothered me. Now, for moving from that, one of the things you talk about is communication. And mm-hmm. you talk about uh, male to male, male to female, adult to child. And you, mm-hmm. like I said, the book is anecdotal, so you're sharing a lot of your personal experiences. So mm-hmm. how vital are, in your mind, is communication and share with us some of the things that you shared in the book about your experiences in communications with males to males, either the guys you grew up with or even your father, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know, male, female, and then adult to child communications. Um, well, usually 
um, the times when I uh, remember growing up, I didn't have very intimate conversations with men. It was more surface conversations with men, friends, um, even father and brothers. Um, it wasn't something that was intimate that allowed me to uh, see beyond a typical conversation that I had with a male associate of mine, a family member of mine. Um, but then when I had conversations with women in my family or friends that, that I knew, the conversation was totally, totally different. I talked about things uh, that that I could relate to R&B music that I listened to. Mm -hmm. But when I talked to my guy friends, it was more uh, hip-hop conversations. Very surface, very straight to the point, uh, no, no feelings, uh, and the only emotion shared was excitement about, um, you know, being a guy and all of the mm -hmm. things that guys, you know, enjoy to do. Well, one of the things that you you share in the book is how because of that, there was no real mm -hmm. depth and there was no, even though you grew up in a two-parent home and your father was a, 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 a prime figure in the community, there are a lot of things mm -hmm. about life that you did not learn from him. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of things that you learned from your friends that, like you said, were superficial and just weren't mm -hmm. true. And that as I see it, continues today. So what can be done to remedy or rectify that? No, for, for an example, um, for an, just for an example, okay. uh, you, mm -hmm. you talk about being a guy. So guys, the way the natural order is, we, we tend to be more uh, focused and vocal about sex. So mm -hmm. you share that in the book about your friends and how, there was no discourse with your father about it. So mm -hmm. how, how can, and, and some of the, the issues that uh, evolved out of that with male-female relationships in your life. So how can that mm -hmm. be uh, resolved in, in, your, in your mind? Um, resolution, I don't know yet, honestly speaking. Um, except for, you know... Um, more of of a way to put aside a sense of ego to understand another part of yourself. Because a lot of times I think people are just reflections of each other, um, some more vile than, than, than others, but I, I just think to some degree we, we have all, we, we all share the same experience, experiences as far as, you know, our... Uh, our bodies function the way uh, the way it does. Humans can can all agree to to that to some extent. Um, but honestly, I that is a continuing question that I would I think I would continuously ask because it's very difficult even to have. Uh, a better understanding of women from even growing up, even up until now. Um, I, I even mentioned for me to write this book, I had to interview a lot of people and I've interviewed over 60 women um, in a short amount of time. And even though I learned so much, so much that I've never, ever, 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 ever uh, knew before, um, it's still a lack of connection that I have in understanding women. And I think, um, like you said, it is becoming more challenging and more challenging because roles are changing. Um, certain types of uh, uh, family structure is, is, you know, moving and developing in other ways, which is, um, which is basically putting things back to, infancy stage so time i believe and trial and error is the only thing that that's going to resolve the the recurring issue of not understanding each other as far as men and women are concerned 
um, me growing up in a house where I usually didn't talk to my dad about uh, sex because, again, I was raised in a very traditional, dogmatic, uh, religious family. Um, I had to learn from TV and movies and my, you know, friends who knew just as much as I did, which was basically <laughs> nothing. Little, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I learned by mistakes. I learned, uh, by experiencing, um, more women, but in learning more women, um, you know, comes with the caveat, and the caveat is how how disciplined am I to be able to learn women without being sexual with women? And it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or being exploitative of, of them, yes. taking advantage of them. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, we're speaking with Aaron R. Spradley. He's the author of POV, Translating the Differences Between Men and Women's Perspectives. It's an easy read. It's not a long book. So how can people get a copy of the book? Um, they actually can go on to Amazon.com, type in the title of the book, um, and they can get it from they can get it from there. Um, Kindle as well, um, uh, and any of the uh, other, um, I believe Apple, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they can get it from all of the. Uh, platforms that you buy books from. Have you constructed um, a website where you can do e-commerce on the website and people can see you, get a uh, image of you, and have some data um, and information, and also order the book online that way? Um, yes, the again the, the book is online. Um, uh, it's on uh, Amazon. Also, I have a website. Um, it's called Motivating Better motivatingbetter.com um, you can actually read a little bit of, about me um, you can read about um, uh, the book that I've written and some people who actually read the book and also did interviews with me while I was um, developing um, the book as well um, yes so those, those are the platforms now one of the things that you mentioned in the book is that not being a female you have no clue how females think, you know, I mean, you have had some flashes of how they think, uh, what's important mm -hmm. to them. So the idea of interviewing all these women was to get a deeper insight into them, how they think, what's important to them. And again, what their perspective is, given the fact there's no monolithic perspective from anybody, mm -hmm. you know, let alone yes. a female. 100%. Um, yeah, that, that, that was the point. The point was to actually get um, an idea of how women thought in relationships and how much they knew about men. That was mainly the idea. I wanted to know women's perspective about men. I, knew, I, I know what men's perspective about women is. Um, but uh, it, was, it was a different approach doing it from a perspective of being married and um, kind of having a boundary between myself and the women that I spoke with. So it was more of a, it was more of a, a genuine, research. Yeah, genuine yes, research. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, now, so <clears throat> in the book, you do mention some of the things that are, that are important to women. One mm -hmm. of them is a sense of comfort, and I believe uh, the whole notion of uh, being trustworthy. So in addition to that, uh, from your interviews, what did you learn about what they knew about men, about us? Um, usually most of them knew just as much uh, about men as men knew about them. Um Typically, because of the because of the type of women I spoke to, the the, the demographic of um, uh, the women that I was that I was interviewing, um, it ranged from 
uh, 18 all the way to uh, 74, 75, mm -hmm. possibly. Um, most uh, African-American uh, black culture, um, I did interview some um, LGBTQ uh, community individuals, uh, some females and some men. Mm -hmm. um, one of them was actually, a female was actually married to uh, an, another woman. I interviewed her as well. And it, it was um, interesting because the relationship dynamic kind of had some of the same struggles and complications mm -hmm. and advantages and disadvantages that a typical, you know, um, heterosexual relationship would have. Um, so, but yes, uh, I... I realized that a lot of women blamed men for the reason why they may feel disgruntled about men, and vice versa. A lot of men blamed women for for being disgruntled and being the way they are with women on women. So, I mean, it it was more of a circular uh, argument be between the two, but. It was an understanding why is what I kind of got from it. And I think part of the understanding is not understanding. And when I realized that women as well didn't understand men in the same fashion that men don't understand women, um, it made it easier for me to show that level of empathy to have the conversation. And being in that conversation, it has to be comfortable enough for you to be, to have a level of honesty um, in it. Um, and I think that's the part that I personally learned was how to make, how to get the environment comfortable enough to have the conversation about the differences. Mm -hmm. um, I have come, drawn some conclusions from the book, but I, I want to you to tell us what do you hope to to uh generate in the terms of the realm of uh thought and ideas and what do you want people to take away from the book um just to know that a conversation should be had between couples um and it should be some of the most uncomfortable conversations. It shouldn't be the conversations that um, that can be, you know, that's very mutual um, and understanding. It should be something that's challenging for the both of you to see and understand because I believe that builds character, that, that builds a, a level of um, comfort if you do it in an environment where you two have made it safe. Um, and by doing that, you know, you just create the conversation. You Women will start to understand why men do the things that they do. And men will start to understand why women do the things that they do. And hopefully, by having the conversation and open, opening the discussion, um, it will shed light to some of those uncomfortable com conversations that should be had about male and female and sex. Well, one of the things about... Uh, being uncomfortable is you don't feel that uh, you're in a safe environment. You feel vulnerable. And mm -hmm. very, as you point out uh, in the book, men don't like that situation. And that's one of the reasons why we don't go there to use mm -hmm. the, the vernacular. We don't, we don't travel down a, that road where we're seen as vulnerable as being seen as genuine and authentic because we have some major baggage and hang-ups and ignorance mm -hmm. with us. So how do we as men become more mature in that area? And particularly when we don't, you know, a lot of times there's no role model for that in the community because even you mentioned how the perception of being soft if you're mm -hmm. uh, if you're authentic or if you have empathy and, and you're you're not out to exploit women 
uh, that's not viewed as quote unquote manly or hard. Mm-hmm. How, how do we evolve to a more mature perspective? Because we don't have the socialization institutions that we had when we were in Africa. We don't have the rites of passage. We don't have the, mm-hmm. the men's secret societies, mm-hmm. the women's secret societies. And this culture has not promoted cohesiveness for us from a standpoint of social and familial. So how do we begin to build those foundations that will take us beyond where we are now? Uh, well, I'm going to uh, say something that's very, very um, non-traditional, I'd mm-hmm. say, or it's uh, uh, kind of, kind of controversial, even. <laughs> yes, I, I would say. Um, from history, I now you definitely could correct me. Um, you're way more of a history buff than I am, uh, but has as time progressed? And generations um, come up, um, and times change. You normally don't see a a the fixing of a a going away generation to bring it back. It's usually it evolves, and it's familiar, but it's different and that's why every single generation even from my grandparents to my parents to me now and to my kids I even can see the change of culture the change it, it still has uh, you know the, the the fragrance of you know the culture from from years ago but you can see how it evolved and I, I honestly don't see it going back to where it was I see it evolving into something I believe that is not necessarily going to uh, break relationship as we know it. I think it's going to break it to evolve it into something different. And to be honest with you, um, just a little sneak peek into the next book that I'll be writing um, about where I think relationships are going. I think relationships are going more into um, less humanized, more computerized. Um, and the way, the reason why I say that is because ever since, not, not because of COVID, but COVID, I believe, showed, it, it allowed that it was possible yeah. to do. And it exacerbated um, that situation because people were locked down and couldn't, Exactly. They told us not to interact with each other. So all of the things that we normally did to interact with each other that we needed the type of interaction, um, especially the personal, uh, in-person physical, uh, you know, interaction with somebody, it, it, it kind of, it didn't go away, but you can see how it's changing because now you can actually get therapy via Skype or via Zoom. Um, uh, people actually now can not, you can pay for a relationship experience opposed to having a relationship. Um, it's also, uh, I believe technology is going to get to the point where instead of you hearing automation, um, becoming more comfortable in answering your questions when you have to pay a bill, um, I believe it's going to get to the point where you're going to be able to have your personal robot or personal Alexa or your personal Google Home um, and have conversations with it on a more intimate level. And I think as time progresses, um, if we are not careful, uh, our relationships could lead to more of inanimate than actual people. Well, yeah, and you can see that, particularly if you're curious and you, you look into what the futurists are saying, and you look at transhumanism, you look at what yes. you just talked about, artificial intelligence, 
and you look at what's in the market now in terms of the sex robots, the sex bots. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we're seeing is a drift from human relationships and even a merger into this, like what I call cyborg reality. So you're absolutely yeah. right. And I think we've been set up because, like you said, it doesn't look like we're going to go back to the point where uh, where we were really into uh, heterosexual family relationships, father, mm -hmm. mother, extended family, that type of thing, because we've seen since the 60s where social policy drew, drew, drove men out of the home in order, in order to get mm -hmm. aid to dependent children. There couldn't be a man in the house. So that was one of the key factors. And, of course, you have the, all the economic pressures and you got the, the media images and things like that. So I, I, I say all this to say I think you're absolutely right in that regard in terms of where we're going. And I don't see a large pushback to get back to, quote, unquote, traditional life. Yes, that that's that's where... I see the disconnect. You're absolutely that that pushback is not there, and you can see it in pockets. You can see where where people you know have have a little a, a little cult following, um, where they still believe that these traditions and these social constructs are um, you know conducive to the well being and the growing of you know of of you know, people um, and relationships. Uh, so because of that, you even if it's not the majority of people who believe that uh, the dynamic of family and relationships should change, the ones who are the loudest are the ones being heard. And that still may be a small few, but that small few is way more influential than the most, than the majority, who may believe and still, and still live it. I mean, the majority of people, I believe, in, in the world still live um, traditional uh, or have some type of social construct of how we were raised as a culture. But um, it just seems like it's what's being heard more is the opposing side of that. Yeah, and, and there's pressure to glamorize what we're experiencing in other words you you, you look at uh say the su southern hemisphere where you have indigenous cultures indigenous people mm -hmm. who tend to cling t to tradition and heritage but mm -hmm. because of the intrusion and intervention of pop culture and the media they are facing pressures to mimic what's going on in the west so, you know, yes. again, that you have those pressures out there, and I don't know how strong the indigenous or traditional cultures will be in the face of this technological and social reengineering onslaught. Yeah, um, it, it's, I think it's going to be difficult because as time progresses, so will technology, mm -hmm. and um, because technology progresses and the pace of the progression, uh, I believe that it's just going to satisfy the needs of wants opposed to necessity. And, um, and then not, not only, but not only, uh, imposing the wants on, on us and opposing it on, on culture, I think it's, it's going to, uh, get to the point where it's going to be wanting and it's going to be an abundance of wanting. So greed is going to be a, a, a huge aspect. And I, I think we're going to see more um, uh, addictions. Um, I think we're going to see more uh, mental illnesses. And I think it's going to be a different, uh, a different onset of mental illnesses that I believe people are going to um, witness as time progresses because well, yeah, they're going to experience it too. And, and you touched on it with this COVID thing where you have the isolation mm -hmm. and all of that. 
So yes. in light of all of that, again, getting back to the takeaways where you're encouraging mm-hmm. men and women to be in touch with themselves, to be more authentic and be yes. more exploratory in terms of their own makeup. In light of all the things that we just talked about, how can that play out, you know, given what we've just said, the way society is going? Um, building continuous relationships, whether it's closer with the ones you have or um, um, ex- extended family and friends. Um, I, I read uh, somewhere one time where it said um, having having family and friends and being social, being sociable, um, the older you become, um, it allows you to live longer um, because of whatever type of uh, um, energy comes from being around people. Uh, I believe being around people, talking to people, having these social classes, like like you said, and and uh, um, building relationships always helps, even if it's negative at first. It's still it it's still touching someone else. It's still connecting with someone else, even if the connection isn't necessarily a, a, a positive or healthy con- connection. It's still a connection because I believe it may come to the point where connection may be very, very distant or you may have to pay for it. So I think we should grab on and continuously hold and learn more about each other, understand each other more, get, get, more, of a, get more of an idea of how someone else uh, maybe in certain type of in certain situations, so you can understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to share mm-hmm. a couple of sentences near the end of the book. You say mm-hmm. learning perspectives can be everything, and taking your time to pay attention to it could be a, a, a good indication on how you and your relationships can become better. So obviously. You're optimistic that better relationships are possible. And then you say, don't allow where you're standing, meaning your perspective, mm-hmm. uh, to dictate your vision and perception of people and the world around you. You learn the language of perspective. And so, again, that's good advice. And mm-hmm. it's, it's universal because we all have perspectives. And, there, and you mentioned this in the book. And there is are as many perspectives as are people. So mm-hmm. we, we're each capable of that, but we have to, you know, as you say early in the book, become more empathetic. So again, yes. tell us how you can get the book, what's your uh, URL for your uh, website, and then we'll let you go with our gratitude. All right. My website is www.motivatingbetter.com. Um, and you, you can get the book from there and you can also go on to amazon.com, uh, Kindle, any, um, audio, I mean, not audio book, but any book platform, um, where you can get it digital or you can actually get a, um, hard copy of the book on Amazon and all of the other book platforms. All right. The book is entitled POV, which stands for point of view, translated yes, translating between, between men, men and, and women's, women's perspectives. perspectives. Now, you did yes. um, hint that you're working on another book. you have any idea when that will come out? Uh, no, I don't necessarily have one yet. I, um, my, my wife keeps asking me, yeah, when, when are you going to finish it? And I said, um, uh, my dad used to have the saying, uh, when my brothers think we, we knew everything, he would always say, keep on living. Yeah. So I think I got to live, li- live just a little bit longer just so I can get a little bit more experience to, to write the next one. But um, yeah, it, it, it's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. Well, is it going to be a continuation? Is this going to be anecdotal and autobiographical? Or are you going to be just sharing your observations and your philosophy? Or is it going to be a combination? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a continuation of... Um, uh, the first POV. It's going to be POV 2. I don't have the mm-hmm. subtitle yet. 
but um, it's definitely going to be POV. Um, basically, the outline is the first book is more so um, if if I was relating it to baking a cake, um, which my wife does. She um, owns her, her own um, uh, online uh, cakery shop. Um, amazing cakes as well. But if I was to explain it, um, the beginning is just basically reading the directions on how to make the cake. Mm-hmm. The second book is going to be more so applying those um, ingredients right. um, and why you're applying the, right. those ingredients. And then the last book is going to be more so on eating the, you know, spoils that you actually baked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we thank you for coming on. We thank you for, you know, what you're doing to try to bring enlightenment. And a sense of introspection because the, I think it was a philosopher once said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And so what you are doing in this book is definitely forcing primarily men, but also women to take a look mm-hmm. at themselves, take a look at our history in terms of how we interact, communicate and relate to people. So in that alone is, is, is a, a plus. So I thank you for, for taking for that effort. Thank you. Truly, truly appreciate uh, you having me on. It was a pleasure. Really, really enjoyed myself. And um, I can't wait to do it again with the next project that I actually do. Okie dokie. And we'll, we'll hold you to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. Uh, and we thank Aaron R. Spradley for taking time from his busy schedule to be with us here on Aquaban. And as always, as we close out, This is Junius Ricardo Stanton wishing each and every one of you love, peace, health, prosperity, wisdom, power, but most of all, courage. The courage to find meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in your life so that you evolve into all that the Creator intends for you to be and your life manifests magnificently as the Creator and you working in a divine partnership to make a positive contribution to the collective. Till next time, stay well, stay strong, peace.